This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. It's Monday, the 6th of July. The christening turns out to be a little too much for Charlotte and George. It was just baby being christened. But uh, every turned out. It's all very nice, isn't it? And weren't we relieved that Prince Andrew's daughters had nothing to do with it? Oh, that was a bit of a relief for me. Uh, two walkers killed by lightning strikes in that swift but terrifying storm, which I slept through. Claire Baldings moved to another studio. Victory for the public. The programme was pants. They knew it. The BBC knew it. And uh, the public vote and all the critics voters get rid. So they've shoved her somewhere else. Karen Danjuk has accused her MP husband of being an arrogant alcoholic. To be honest with you, I've seen lots of pictures of her. I drink. I drink. It's even grimmer up north than Errol Flynn's love letters have fetched only a thousand pounds. Lily Allen told to VIP off. Uh, Joey Essex has got a, a new pad. It's isolated, apparently. Or I, th- I think the word that they use is secluded. To be honest with you, I think a very unwise move if you want to live in Essex to have a secluded place. It doesn't bode well for the future, does it? Uh, the IT bosses have finally decided to shelve the big reunion. So that's good news. The reason is there aren't any more groups that you really don't want to see. You didn't want to see the last lot, did you? Uh, and um, Coleman's making a mellower mustard to win back families. Because when you go mustard, it's actually quite, quite strong, isn't it? We used to have French mustard. Coleman's French mustard. Well, we thought it was French. And, uh, and that was a bit milder. I could, I, the trouble is nobody bothers, because everything's squirty now, isn't it? You know, everything, who wants a little pot of mustard? Oh, please. It's like they've made a little pot of Marmite. Little tiny pot of Marmite. And so it's when you're going abroad, you can take it with you. It's nice, isn't it? It sells for about a pound. And of course, you know, it'll last you for the rest of your life, because I've got a jar of Marmite from about 1860. It just still keeps going, doesn't it? Marmite, it's just, it's just, ugh. Actually, somebody described me as Marmite once, which I think is quite sweet, actually. Something you'd spread on a piece of toast. Or felling that's something you'd see on the end of a knife. Holiday chaos fears as EasyJet has now faced a strike. I told you about this yesterday. And uh, I think it's the first time in their memory that they've actually, um, they've actually decided to go on strike. And the Alicia Dixon, we'll, we'll come around to that a bit later, because it is, it is quite funny. Why do British singers sing with American accents? What is it about, you know, is, is it so they can do crossover? You know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, she wasn't out of tune. It's just it was naff. You know, God save the Queen. You know, expected to go into... You know, and, and then some of the words she got wrong. And she said she rewrote them. I wasn't aware that you were able to do that nowadays. I thought that was a beheading job. You know, into the tower. Terribly sorry, love. You can't rewrite the national anthem. It's just ridiculous. Um, and then what else do we have? Oh, the secret to a happy marriage. Never let your husband see you without makeup on. Or failing that, never let her sober up. Uh, Cara Delavine says, I never hid my sexuality. And Goldfinger, the hitman, executed him using a silent shotgun. I wasn't even aware there was such a thing as a silent shotgun. But uh, that's what I said earlier on about it being a, um, a, um, a sort of a retreat that was fairly isolated. It was fairly isolated. And I always think if you're in Essex and you're in that kind of a business, the one thing you don't want to be is isolated. The one thing you do want to have is people around you. So that's why, you know, Joey Essex, very unwise to buy an isolated place. Because he's going to be out, you know, doing the nightclubs, you know, being ream. Unfortunately, all by himself, mentally, that is inside his head. And, um, and he's going to be out one day and somebody's going to empty that place for him. You know, apparently it's a mock Tudor mansion. Nothing worse. Nothing more ghastly than a mock Tudor mansion. Why not buy a proper mansion? 
he spent apparently 1.6 million, so that's been leaked by his agent to make sure that you all feel suitably depressed that Joey Essex can have a big house. I'm telling you, it'll be robbed inside a year. You could just tell somebody somewhere in Essex is going to go, I'm going to make sure you ain't got that pal for much longer. Seriously. And then he'll have to move closer to his parents, his, well, his father, and then, you know, the rest of it, it'll just be another, another silly little story. So uh, what we do between now and 6.30 this morning is we take all your texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk. We're not particularly nice about people that we don't like in the news. So, you know, if somebody's done a selfie recently, we're not going to be particularly good about them. I quite liked the, um, you know, the big day for Charlotte. It was all very exciting. Members of the royal family go out there. Then it all got a bit too much for George. And so burst into tears. Um, and then the weather. And apparently, they say we will get the hottest summer ever. I was out there this morning. I could not sleep, for love nor money. Uh, I I slept originally nice and early. I did climb into bed. I I phoned a friend of mine at about six o'clock, and uh, she was out. And I said... I'm going to have to go to bed. I can't, I can't st- physically, I can't stay awake any, any longer. You know, you get to that stage where you're sitting down, you've had a glass or, or two of, um, of, um, of, the, of the bubbly stuff, and, and I'd had my, uh, my tea, and I'd done all my tablets and my injections and all the rest of it, and I was sort of sitting down, so I make, I make the phone call and I get the answer phone. I'm sorry, we can't answer the phone at the moment. And uh, so I said, I've really got to go to bed. I said, I'm so tired. Anyway, climb into bed, and at the moment, I'm watching on DVD. Well, I say watching, I listen. Because as you discovered with the Freddie Flintoff interview that went out the other day on LBC last night, um, it's a case of I can't sleep with the light off and I can't sleep if it's quiet. So I have a portable DVD player with me on the bed and I tend to sort of listen to comedy shows, comedy shows or... Yeah, in fact, mainly they'd be comedy shows, actually. And so at the moment, I'm working my way through the Wheel Tappers and Shunters Club, which is hilarious, because some of it is so racist. I mean, it seriously is racist. I know it goes back to a, to a different time, but you sort of watch it and you think, how did they get away with this? I mean, it, it was really... I mean, I know it was of its period, and I love seeing all the artists on there, because, I mean, they really had everybody, from Gene Pitney to Bill Haley and his comets. It's worth getting. I don't know how many there are, but I, I seem to have a few of these things. And I absolutely love them. I absolutely love them. And so I was listening to the, to the old comics telling their jokes. And some of them were very old comics telling some very, very old jokes. And, and then a friend of mine said he heard... Uh, what, was it, what did I do? I did it one of my shows because I pinched it from somebody else. It's a very old line. And uh, the comic comes on stage, or in this case, you know, me, wherever it happens to be, as part of the one-man show. And I say, oh, you know, we're chatting away. Nice to see you all. I said, there's a lady who's... Um, who's in the audience tonight, and she's uh, um, Mary, and Mary's 111. And so you get the whole crowd to sing happy birthday to her, and then you end you go, I'm terribly sorry, she's not 111, she's ill. So she's not here. <laughs> it was like Frankie Boyle, he was looking out over his audience, and there were two empty seats, and he said, uh, I, I won't bother doing the accent, it just embarrass everybody, uh, but the, he said, there's two empty seats here. I said, I was told it was a sellout. He said, I hope it's a car crash. And you think to yourself, do you know, it is black humour, isn't it? Black humour. But there was certainly lots of humour on the Wheel Tappers and Shunters Club. And uh, I, I, I sort of enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the acts. I enjoyed watching the singers. And they have all sorts of people on there. There was an Australian group called New World, who'd obviously had an awful lot of hit singles. And, uh, and they sort of went through them. And it, I thought, God, they, they did get the big stars. But, of course, I'd forgotten until, until I was told by Steve that, uh, was it Steve Tom? I can't remember, something, uh, about um, the fact that it was all mocked up in a studio. 
I thought it was a real place. I was happy to buy into the fact it was a real place, but it wasn't. It was not a real place at all. It was mugged up in a studio. So anyway, so there were five godparents yesterday. Adam Middleton, who's uh, the cousin, uh, the son of her uncle Richard, works for a Mayfair uh, company. Uh, Laura Fellows, that's William's cousin, who's the daughter of Princess Diana's sister, Lady Jane Fellows. Thomas Van uh, Straubenzee. Couldn't get much German, could you, sounding? But uh, he actually is William's oldest and closest friend. I think they've known you well for ages. Sophie Carter, the trendy godparent who likes uh, floaty bohemian dresses. She's the daughter of a Norfolk construction magnet, an old friend of Kate's. And James Mead, who's uh, very friendly with the families of Prince Charles and Princess Anne. He's an old Etonian. So there you go. So thank God we never got um, Prince Andrew's daughters. I mean, that would have been dreadful, wouldn't it? They've been booing and everything on that one. Boo! Beatrice and Eugenie will now... Oh, no, no, definitely not them. Don't want Beatrice and Eugenie, do you? Definitely not for anything like that. I mean, God in heaven. I mean, they can barely get themselves up to go to work. What am I talking about? They don't go to work. They don't go to work. They just sort of sponge. They've learned well from their parents, haven't they? Not that I ever thought Prince Andrew achieved anything in the royal family, and I don't think Sarah Ferguson achieved very much. Very good at having her toes sucked, I thought. I mean, she made that a bit of an art form. I mean, I, I'd never even thought about that before, you know. I've just, I suddenly found another erogenous zone on my body. That'll be two! I found two erogenous zones. Goodness sake, I'm 41, for goodness sake. Fancy having your toes... I didn't realise that people get off on messing about with your feet. I'm diabetic. I don't want anybody messing about with my feet unless they're a chiropodist. I had to cut my nails the other day, and I've got one of those things. And it's, um, I think they call them nail clippers. Because I tried scissors before, but to be honest with you, you know, it's a bit difficult to get down there. So I've got these these nail clippers, and you know what I've done? On what, I, didn't, I didn't do it this time around, but the last time I cut my nails, my, my second left-hand foot, OK, imagine, uh, second toe in from the big toe, so, so sort of the next one down, not the little toe, coming back in the other way. Well, I've got a, a, a toenail that's sort of, it, it looks very nice, actually, to be honest, I quite like it when it's growing. And if it was on a woman, it would look fantastic. So I cut it, but unfortunately, unfortunately, when I put the clippers on, I managed to, to garner a bit of flesh at the same time. So when I squeezed the thing together, you know what's going to happen, don't you? All of a sudden, I went... Because I'd cut through the skin. The next thing, I, am ble- I need a blood transfusion. I'm bleeding like there's no tomorrow. So quickly, luckily I've got a bathroom fully equipped. It's like a mini hospital in there. If ever I was dying, there would be all the facilities and all the tablets and all the medicine and all the bandages and all the sprays and everything else that I could actually see myself. I could actually, I could actually do myself, I think, at the same time. I did do a, a thing the other day on the programme, which I was delighted was retweeted by everybody. When I was talking, at, there was, um, the line was... You know, there's no point in taking people off benefits, hoping they're going to go back to work. Otherwise, you might as well take people off medicine in the hope that they can cure themselves. And, uh, of course, I pinched it from Frankie Boyle because he'd done it on one of his shows. And I thought if it's good enough for Frankie Boyle, it's good enough for Steve Allen in the morning. Somebody always said to me, if you're going to pinch, you know, from anybody, pinch from somebody who's doing sellout audiences. If it had been somebody on the telly, like uh, that bloke who does Russell What's It's Good News or something like that. And that's, and I don't get that that programme at all. But I never got that Lee Watsit face, the one who jumped up on stage. I did watch, oh, by the way, I did promise you I would watch Kanye West at Glastonbury. And I watched back over the years. So I went back, I watched Stevie Wonder, uh, I watched the Pet Shop Boys, I watched Dolly Parton, I watched uh, Shirley Bassey, and they were all brilliant. I think the best one probably was Stevie Wonder. Lionel Richie was a pretty close second. 
And then, and then it came to Kanye West. Pathetically awful. I mean, seriously, that buffoon, that overinflated ego with no talent. The man who sort of proudly announced before, you know, I'm the biggest rock and roll star in the world. He was pitifully dreadful. I mean, t- t- blimey, it was so bad. I, it was like he hadn't even rehearsed anything. At one point, he's down on his knee talking to the stage. I think the, the crowd had given up by that time. They're all eating ice creams and doing, doing selfies. Certainly not with him included. Worst act I've ever seen in my entire life, and I've seen some pretty bad acts, let me tell you. Quarter past uh, four. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you coming. So I've just, I think I've just screwed up the computer. I don't know what earth I've done. Honestly, one minute I was happily browsing, and the next minute, wait a minute, let me just check on this thing here. No, see, I'm, I'm, I don't go sign in, and then it goes, your account is locked. God, that's all I need, isn't it? Nothing worse. I'm such a loser when it comes to things like this. I've got no idea what I'm doing half the time. I try and do my best, you know. Try and do my best. And then, uh, OK, I've got me up, but I can't get the other thing. Anyway, producer will sort that out for me. So, yesterday, I was listening to LBC as I was sort of driving home, and I was listening to uh, Beverly Turner. And it was very interesting, because she had a woman on, and they were talking loosely about the girls who had gone to be jihadi brides. And uh, we know that they've... Uh, have I locked it or something? I don't know what's yeah. going on. I don't know what's happening to it. It's gone mad, hasn't it? Completely, yeah. Contact your admin. That'll be useful, won't it, for later? Not really. But uh, yeah, she was talking about the, the girls who've gone to be jihadi brides, but she came up with a new theory that I'd not thought of before. And the theory was this, that the girls who were going over there are so under their parents' thumbs that they're desperate to go away. They don't want to be jihadi brides. They just wanted to have sex. And so they can't do that in this country because their parents are looking after them all the time and looking out for them. So what they do is they go there because that's the only time they've actually been... Was it gone? Yeah, I'm going to have to put it up on the next Oh, OK. All right. So we'll sort it out in a minute. And uh, it's the only time they actually get any freedom. So that's what they're doing. They're rebelling against their parents. I mean, one of the one of the fathers of one of the girls went out there, finally admitted, because he was a bit simple, that uh, maybe it had had something to do with him taking his 13-year-old daughter, who's now disappeared abroad to become a jihadi bride. Uh, he's, uh, he, he took her to one of those rallies where he was sort of, you know, denouncing the country and everything else. He was quite clearly a, a very disappointingly simple, thick bloke. And uh, maybe that had something to do with it, because up until then he blamed the police. Until then, he blamed everybody apart from his own simple self. He had no idea what was going on in life. He didn't know about his daughter. And it was up to us to have stopped her going. Of course, trying to exonerate himself and being the stupid man which we thought he was in the first place. And this woman basically said exactly the same. She said, this man must be daft if he doesn't know what his daughter's doing. He's supposed to know. But, of course, he was a bit dim. When we saw him sitting, was it in the House of Commons? He was at one of those Commons select committees. And there he was blaming everybody except himself. Really drives me mad, things like that, really. The ungratefulness of people who come to this country and we give them benefits. They don't have to work, they just sit there on their fat, smug little bottoms, not doing anything at all, and then and we give them money. There's one in the paper today who encouraged, apparently, the, uh, the man who committed all the atrocities in Tunisia. He's on 50 grand a year living in a million-pound house. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sort of kind of falling off the other way now, I'm thinking. I don't mind somebody coming here. I've, you know, that's, that's what this, this whole country is built on. It's built on the skills of immigrants coming in, the, you know, the weavers and the people who gave so much. But now there's a bunch of just scroungers who are coming in pretending they're being hounded in other countries. And we give them money and they don't do anything. They don't do anything at all. It's ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Uh, on the subject of, uh, of Godmother, 
I was thrilled, says Noreen, that Laura Fellows was a godmother. I do remember at Fergie's wedding, William was a page boy in a sailor suit and he was messing around with his, his little knife. He was with Laura then. They were sticking tongues out, or William was, and didn't everybody look lovely? Queen was amazing. I'd have loved to have gone to Sandringham, but it's just too far. I've never been. I've never been to Sandringham, and perhaps I should, uh, perhaps I should go. It's one of those sort of places that, that uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't have any objection to going to. I like that kind of thing. I really do. I'm, I'm such, a, such a royalist. I'm, not, I'm only interested in the Queen. To be honest with you, I couldn't care less about anybody else. I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm not even interested in William and Kate. They seem perfectly pleasant. But I'm not really that interested in them. Uh, Harry, always the little rebel. You know, will Harry get married? Well, probably. if he had his way, I would think, no, he wouldn't. Because I think Harry just wants to play the field. The problem is for him that he's a member of the royal family. And so when he does let the side down, and he does let the side down on numerous occasions, we have to go, oh, it's just Harry. You know, he's over 30. It's not like you're dealing with a 12-year-old. Well, I don't know, mentally, probably. And, um... And so, you know, them, I'm not interested in Princess Anne, her, her daughter, couldn't care less, really. And, and the ones I really couldn't care less about, as you know, are Prince Andrew, Sarah Ferguson and uh, Beatrice and Eugenie. Not interested in any of them at all. Not interested in any of them. I think they're, they're sort of the, uh, the idiots of the family. Really couldn't care less. But there again, we don't have to like them. I didn't vote them in. Nobody, nobody worried about that kind of thing. Uh, we'll have a look through some of the, uh, the papers, because you cannot get away from the christening. You cannot... I mean, the christening is on every single... I mean, how many pictures of a baby do you want? I wonder if they're all given strict instructions. Do not wear pink. The Queen's wearing pink. OK. Camilla, what are you wearing? Camilla, put the cigarette out. What are you wearing? Blue. That'll be fine. OK, you can wear blue. And uh, suits for everybody else, which is good. I like that idea. And uh, and it's just loads of pictures of this of this baby and this enormous shawl and the, uh, and the pram... And uh, then William and Kate are chatting. They seem to be perfectly pleasant. As I say, I don't have, a, don't have an issue. I look at sort of uh, little, uh, little George in his little red shorts. And in fact, to be honest with you, it's almost an identical outfit to the one that William was wearing back in 1984. Perhaps it's the same outfit. Perhaps they keep them. Perhaps they don't get rid of them. Perhaps they're not as publicity-seeking as the Beckhams. Oh, you made me say that. You made me say that about Victoria Beckham. That lovely little picture she printed the other day uh, of, uh, of her at her wedding anniversary where she dressed them up. And you had the one, the one child who's wearing um, a dinner jacket, made to measure, of course, with a Burberry scarf around his neck. I mean, dear God in heaven, how the press laughed themselves stupid at that one. That was it. Because you know why he was wearing it, don't you? Because they're trying to get more modelling assignments from Burberry. So, you know, as, as they will sell themselves down the river... Nice to see the Harper's not losing the weight that we thought she'd put on before. Still that chubby little girl. But at least she was walking on her own legs, so I suppose that was a bit of a first. Because most of the time she's carried by her father everywhere. I don't know why. She's like one of those little dogs that you sort of take around. You know, put her, de- put her on the ground. She can walk! Dear me, put her on the ground. It makes it so much easier. So much easier. Uh, don't forget, you're now two days away from the budget. Two days away from discovering whether or not you've got any money left for the rest of the year. Uh, or as I prefer to say, just a few days away from Daniela Westbrook paying a tax problem. Not that I think she's got a problem with tax, but I suspect she might have by the end of this month. Uh, 84850, uk. Here's a picture of the terribly plain poor old Karen Danzuk. I don't know how they describe your body, dear. Straight up and down, isn't it, really? 
But uh, she really has. She's got one of those fat faces. And now she's uh, she said, uh, I'm disgusted by this story from her uh, ex-husband. Quite clearly, um, she's not very pleasant at all. But everybody I've spoken to in the media, and it's quite a few people over the last few days, they think she's got very, very short shelf life. She's of no interest to anybody. She's talentless. You know, taking pictures of your boobs all the time is not exactly something credible nowadays. She's not attractive. You couldn't make her attractive. Far too fat in the face. Bad hair. Bad body. I mean, really bad body. And uh, I think that uh, her MP husband is uh, glad to get shot of her because she's apparently accused him of being an arrogant alcoholic. And as I said at the beginning of the programme, firmly tongue-in-cheek, if I'd been going out with her, I'd be drinking like hell, let me tell you. I mean, she really is vile. Really, she's a bit like Sally the Burke. The, these sort of selfless, sort of selfish people who sort of plough on through. They couldn't care less. I just feel sorry for the children. They feel sorry. That's your mother. And both of them seem to fit into the same category. Both desperate. She, she's accused him of being jealous. Of what? There's nothing to be jealous about Karen on. Just the fact she's a bit stupid and a bit attention-seeking and a bit simple. Have you heard her talk? Oh, God, don't don't go there, please. It's not it's not pleasant. Here's a nice picture of... Um, who's this? Oh, this is Alex Gerrard out with the photographer again. And um, Stephen Gerrard was at the new club LA Galaxy. And he gave them 500 bottles of beer, the fan fans, to celebrate US Independence Day. 500, you tight so-and-so. Is that it? 500 bottles of beer. Anyway, he and Alex... And their uh, their children, Lily, Ella, Lexi and Lourdes. <laughs> I know, <laughs> they are from Liverpool. Uh, they have moved into a posh Beverly Hills home that they're renting at 35000 a month. They've said pounds. I find that very difficult to believe because I'm looking at this place in Beverly Hills. You know, I'm telling you, at the moment, property in America is down on its knees. Down on its knees. Even in Beverly Hills. Uh, I'm looking at this house here. It's very, very average by standards over there. I wouldn't imagine they're even paying $20,000 a month for this. be very surprised. So that 35000 equates to about $50,000 a month. No chance. No chance. But they have to make it sort of look interesting. Meanwhile, Alex Gerrard, they won't understand a word what she's saying. They won't. Have a, they'll have to have subtitles up. And, of course, she's, she has to fit in with everybody else. But, of course, poor old Alex has always been a bit of a loner. She's never exactly been one to have lots of friends. Not like Colleen, who has all her hanger honours Because they go, ah, Colleen will pay for us. We're on Colleen's guest list. You know, and so Colleen pays for everybody, because she has to. Because why else would you want to hang around with her? And then, spare a thought for the poor people in the village of Flaxley in Gloucestershire. And there's a swingers jamboree that's moved into town. Apparently, it's £165 a ticket. And it was only revealed that it was going to be a swingers thing. Uh, 48 hours before it started. Residents said they had no idea. I mean, good God in heaven. In Fla- Have you been to Flaxley? They're very suburban up there. They, don't, I mean, they wouldn't know what was going on there. There's some, darling, there's some tents at the bottom. There's some na- na- darling, some naked people. Walk, walk, d- bring, bring, bring the children in. Get the dogs in, quickly. Call the police. And so there's all these naked people turning up. And they're going to have a party. Oh, I suppose if it's a swingers jamboree, it's going to be an orgy, isn't it? Hardly a party. Hardly going to be doing barbecuing, are you? Let's face it, little sausages and, and things like that on the barbecue. Well, there might be. I mean, I don't know. I've not been there and I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of them. We'll have to take a short break for the uh, news and then we'll sort of worry. On the subject of barbecuing, ITV have decided this is the way forward. So they're going to do a programme teaching you. It's like your grandmother to suck eggs, isn't it? They're going to teach you how to do a barbecue. First of all, set fire to it. Put food on. 
You know, and that's it. And you don't even need to watch it. I've told you what the programme's about now. 4.30 is the time. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Biggest show on the radio, bar none. Biggest share everything. Huge, huge. Uh, so the poor people in this little village of Flaxley who've now got a swingers jamboree. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a swingers jamboree. I'm quite, uh, I'm quite disappointed in the fact they could have had it in Twickenham. They wouldn't have got anybody to go to it, but it would have been marginally more exciting for us. Can you imagine a swingers jamboree? That's very interesting. Uh, another one here. Uh, somebody says, uh, uh, how can you dislike migrants claiming benefits to do nothing but be a royalist? They're by far the biggest scroungers. Oh, dear, honestly. The sad, uneducated people who we seem to find at this time of the morning. It's the same person writing on about four different names. And I find it deeply disturbing. Why do you think that the royal family is scroungers? What, what, what are they scrounging? They generate their own money. They generate their own money. That's what they do. The migrants coming in aren't bringing anything at all. I've seen the trailers um, for uh, the barbecue show. It is the barbecue version of the Great British Bake Off. And uh, I don't know why they think we're going to be interested in a barbecue programme. I'm not remotely... I mean, if, if you don't know how to do a barbecue by now, I'd give up. You might as well go and, go and live in a tent somewhere or teepee. Go live somewhere else, because if you don't know how to do a barbecue, it's so easy. And then somebody says, explain what you mean by the comments. Well, they're from Liverpool. Oh, grow up. Grow up, saddo. Dear God. I'm sorry, wait a minute. Let's just go back on the names again, shall we? Here we go. This is Lily, Ella, Lexi and Lourdes. Okay, get the drift. Further north, dumber, 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 Liverpool. There you go. That's where you are. Which is great. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Apparently, everybody in Norwich knew that Coleman's business was built on the quality, the quantity that was left behind on the plates, unused on food. I didn't, um, I didn't actually sort of think about that. I never thought about Coleman's. It's just that they did this mustard. Now they're trying to make it more family-friendly. But, I don't know. I mean, I think we all go squeezy, don't we? Squeezy better. Squeezy is actually better, and I suppose much easier to use than opening up a little pot, which you did years ago with a little uh, little plastic lid. And then you have to say, oh, God, it was so fiddly. And then when you, if you had it, if you had posh, posh dinner at home, we used to have posh dinner on, uh, on Sundays or if people came round for dinner, and we would have the little salt and pepper, little silver salt and pepper, which is quite nice, and then and a little dish. And I always remember a little bit of blue glass in the middle of this little silver thing, and that's where you put the mustard in. With a little tiny spoon. Little tiddly tiny spoon. It was hilarious. I never liked it then. But we did, we did eat the French mustard. It's like daddy's sauce. I think you had to, it had to be a, an art to daddy's sauce. And I was never a big fan of daddy's sauce. So we did, we did ketchup. But there again, we didn't do much ketchup in our time. It was, uh, there was, and there was a, was there not an HP fruity sauce? An HP fruity sauce? Do you remember an HP fruity sauce? Could you still get these things? I mean, I, I'm a big fan, big, big fan of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. I've tried the diet one. Well, you know, the one they say is lighter. I'm not particularly, you know, if you're going to eat something, eat full fat. Uh, Scott Hendy enjoyed the interview with Freddie Flintoff. And uh, Dale says, always oh, switch over to LBC at four for the Steve Allen show. I know. Hence the enormous spike. Somebody sent me the, uh, the figures again the other day, which was very sweet, actually. My friend Paul. And, uh, oh, God, we're streaks out of everything else. I mean, we're so far ahead of everything else. There was one... One little station, which which always it had it had a bloke on who is probably well known to people from here. They ca- they can only manage a one point six percent share. It's 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 on its knees. 
on its knees, which I quite like, actually. I didn't hear the big black cab debate. I'm assuming it went very well. I'm assuming that everybody enjoyed it. Did it actually solve anything at the end? Did we? Was there an established format at the end where we went, right, this is going to happen and this is not going to happen? Or have people agreed to kind of live and let live and just go for the competition? Is, is that how it's going to go? I don't know. Um, other one here. This is something I do love reading it. Whenever I get sort of uh, new sort of followers to me, I'm I'm always desperate to sort of you know go into people's pictures. I'm fascinated by this going into people's pictures to see what what pictures people have on their on their Twitter accounts. And some of them are so bizarre. Some of them are just the bizarrest ever. Whereas mine are sort of pictures of sort of fairly normal things. Other people take pictures of tin cans on the street, their breakfast. I did, oh, I'll tell a lie. Actually, I've done that. I've just realised I've taken a picture of my breakfast before now, mainly because it was so good. And I agree with you, uh, Warren. I agree. I was I was there this morning and um, I've got no idea on money. Not a clue. Not a clue. And uh, one here says, had a baby boy a week ago. Now the baby's asleep. I get to listen to you, which is good, which is good. And uh, another one here, because oh, I can't now because we, we've got this slight problem. With the uh, with the text and email, so I can't move I can't move them up and down, can I? Can I? Can I? I, I don't, can I? No, I think you only have that one. Yeah, I, I can I can see these. I can see everything, and I can see the. Can I? Can I control the little mouse? I can't. Oh right, you're the only one who can can control the mouse. <laughs> it's all got a bit bear shaped in the studio. <laughs> so uh, you you can you can refresh them actually, see if it works. If if we actually refresh anything, just to see if we sort of get anything coming up there. Oh, right. Kate says, my theory is if it isn't burnt, it isn't barbecued. Now, that's the one thing it shouldn't be. So what we did last time when we had the barbecue, and I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of barbecues, but we, uh, we cooked the chicken in the oven. OK, so, cook, so you know it's going to be cooked through. Because people think that you have to cook when there are flames shooting up all over the place. No, the idea is to barbecue is that you don't want any flames. You don't want any flames. You just want it, no fl- unless it's gas, in which case you can look a bit silly. But if it's just a normal coal barbecue, you don't have flames. You cook without that. But then some people put things on there, and if you cook on the flames, it burns things to pieces. So you think, oh, that's OK, it's burnt, I'll eat it. And, of course, you open up the chicken, and it's raw still in the middle because it's cooked it so fast. So the advice is always to cook the chicken uh, in the oven first, and that way at least you're not going to get sicky boos. And you could do that, and you can shove your shrimps on the barbie and everything else and bananas and stuff like that bananas i think you have to do inside tin foil but that's quite nice a little bit of brown sugar take them out and then cover them with clotted cream not for me of course being a diabetic but it would work really well for you i quite like that idea um so they're going to have this this barbecue program and they're going to presumably patronize you on how to have a barbecue and what food you can do on a barbecue. Whereas anybody will tell you that the food you do on a barbecue is dictated by what they've got in the supermarket. So it's going to be minted burgers, burgers with cheese in. So you're going to have burgers, you're going to have sausages, you're probably going to have kebabs, and you're probably going to have chicken. And that's what people put on the barbecue. Everybody does exactly the same. And if you're, if you're really good... If you're really good, then you could probably... What else would you have on a barbecue? I don't know what else you'd have. I mean, how long is this programme going to last? How long is this programme? <laughs> Love it. 84850, steve uk, And it's going to be hosted by Mylene Klass. Um, I've got no idea why, actually. I tell you, there's another programme I'm watching on the television. I can't remember what channel I'm watching. It might be London Live. 
This is where, where most of the people look like they've wandered out of hospital radio to present the programmes. Nobody seems to be bothered. I mean, yesterday, they were, they were so desperate, they were doing a dog show down near the Serpentine. Now, you know me, biggest animal lover going. I've had a bigger animal lover than me on the radio. You know, big fan, anti, you know, fur trade, anti just about everything. Wouldn't eat an animal. Well, not a pet. I do eat meat. And, um, and so I'm a huge fan of, of dogs and cats and things like that. And sort of, we used to have a big, uh, we used to have a, a vet program years ago on LBC, and I used to have somebody on from the uh, British Small Animals Veterinary Association. So big fan of, of things like that. I, I like the idea. But then when you when you have this, there's this program on London Live, and it's a big fat bloke with a baseball cat on cap on backwards who goes around to posh properties. He can barely speak English. He's really struggling with English. Yeah, because how much do you think this is worth? He's going big fat white bloke. And I looked at him and I thought, who in God's name are you? Why can't you speak? Small wonder kids can't speak nowadays. Small wonder kids start speaking patois. You know, things they picked up, yeah. And we, we had it, didn't we, from... Um, who was the bloke he was in five? Abs. Abs, who, who thought he was Jamaican for some reason. I mean, everybody laughed like a drain. Where was he coming from, poor soul? Because he used to talk like this, and people used to say, because I was abs. And, and I thought, it's a joke, isn't it, really? But they've got this big fat bloke on London Live who goes around to posh property. I mean, really, you don't want people like that in there at all. And he's got his baseball cap on backwards, and then he always tests the bed. So he runs down a corridor of a flat that was worth three and a half million quid the other day and throws himself onto the bed. I'd have laughed if it had broken and he'd end up going through the floor like a, like a carry-on film. That would have made me laugh. Mind you, most stuff like that. Uh, Mike says, Wheel Tappers and Shunters Club, fantastic. Hard-working comics with raw talent. Unlike uh, Joey Boring Essex, who appears to be completely without any talent. Well, yes, he is, but he's a simpleton, isn't he? And that's why we laugh. We laughed at Jade Goody, because she was a simpleton. You know, East Angular. And we go, Sorry? And then, of course, she started playing up to it and started pretending she was a bit thicker than she was. And Joey Essex, but he really is like that. He really can't tell the time. He really is dumb. And that's and they go, oh, has he done really well for himself? And some people, very strangely, seem to think that sort of money is the equivalent to, uh, to being very, very successful. I don't quite get that at all. John Palmer thought he was very, very successful, gunned down at his own house. Obviously not very successful now. Very successful at pushing up daisies, I should imagine. But you sort of think to yourself, people go, you know, Jordan is terribly, terribly successful. You go, she's a lonely, wicked old baggage. That's all she is. She's, she's nobody. She's nobody. She's a, she's a sort of a page three girl from Donkeys years ago. She has to bring out her own calendar. Nobody would be interested in it. And uh, she can't write. She, uh, most of her things fail spectacularly. The only thing that works are the books, but then she doesn't write them anyway. Did you hear the national anthem at the Grand Prix? She was awful says Murph, made my Doberman bark. We do have it, as you know, if you were listening earlier on to Darren. I'll play it for you in a, in a moment, because I, I, I listened to it earlier on, and I, I only have a few, a few questions. Not, not, you know, particularly bad questions. I'm just sort of curious as to why anybody even picked Alicia Dixon in the first place. But, uh, but they did, and so we'll play that for you in a moment. Uh, I think we can go a little bit early, can't we? If I tell you now, it's nearly, because I'm generally bad on my time checks. It's quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 13 minutes to five. It's Monday, the 6th of July. So currently causing a bit of a storm on Twitter. 
is Alicia Dixon. Alicia's got a, a single out, I believe, an album or something to flog. Now, whether it'll hit the charts, I've got no idea. And uh, for some inexplicable reason, they picked her to sing the national anthem at the Grand Prix. I mean, perhaps it's perhaps they drew lots or something. I don't know. Perhaps it was either her or a singing dog. But anyway, uh, you did get uh, God said, well, you have a listen for yourself. We've just got a little tiny clip of it, just so you, you know where we're coming from, OK? God save Oh, it's quite sweet, actually, when she couldn't hit the last note. You know, it's supposed to be, God save the Queen! And that would have been better, but of course, as she can't sing that high, there was no point. The, the, it was the fake American accent that got a lot of people. She says it's soul. Uh, well, I can't argue with that. I've got no idea what a, what a soulful voice. It did sound a bit American. God save our... You know, God save the Queen, I thought it was. But anyway, she's, she's put her own words in there. Well, I think that's an execution on the cards for us, certainly before the weekend. <laughs> but uh, she's come in for, um, for quite a bit of stick at the Grand Prix, if only for the ridiculous outfit she was wearing. And it was nice. I mean, she made an effort. Most people have sort of said it was absolutely atrocious. They weren't saying she was singing out of tune. There was no, no problem with the actual singing of it. It just sounded rubbish. What, what is it with fake accents? But lots of people put these fake accents on. I hate it when people go, yeah, oh, yeah. And they sort of chuck in all these long, elongated years. And she does the same. God save. And that was soul. We didn't want soul, dear. Just sing the national anthem, all right? If you want to do soul, go and do it on your album, which won't sell. But don't, you know, but don't do it singing at the Grand Prix. I mean, Lord, nobody wants that, do they? It's not soul. I mean, her magic, what's she doing? She's singing it soulfully. (laughs) Yeah, right. I didn't buy into it either. But, I mean, she sings perfectly pleasant. If you like that kind of thing. 84850, uk. Uh, Sandra says, I think the black cab debate ended on a cliffhanger. Will Uber take up the invitation to respond in the next day or so? To be continued. Oh, I like that. Phil says, I thought it always rained at barbecues. Will the TV programme arrange for a downpour? <laughs> well, you could do, couldn't you? You could do. It'd be quite easy to arrange for a downpour. I just don't think anybody's interested. I mean, I, apparently, do you know how much the UK barbecue market is worth? Seven billion. Seven, what, for cheap sausages and cheap... Pa- all the adverts, every time we get a bit of sunshine, there'll be another cheap advert, won't there? There'll be another cheap advert on the television. But apparently, uh, they think that barbecue champ... Oh, God, it's going to have people barbecuing. Uh, ..is going to sort of rival all sorts of things. And so, I don't know. I d- I'm, I'm not really sure whether or not the British public want a show on barbecuing. Unless, unless your life really is so empty. In which case, if it's empty, you'll probably love the programme. And you'll probably enjoy everything about it. But everybody else doesn't really, doesn't really bother, do they, really? With a, you know, they do a barbecue. People do a barbecue. I mean, I always thought the Australians were the past masters of doing barbecuing. Because... They do barbecues all the time because they've got the weather for it. So everywhere you go where they have public picnic areas, you can, you can have a barbecue. Whereas over here we go, oh, look, nice day today. Quick barbecue. And that's what we do. We actually, we actually sort of rush out and then get, get all the barbecue equipment. Everybody staggers back down there. What do you bought? I bought minted burgers. I bought uh, kebabs. Uh, I bought some, uh, some prawns, which we can throw on the barbie. And what else have we got? Oh, we've got all sorts of exciting things. Oh, you've got cheese? Yeah, I've got cheese. Salads? Yeah, we're doing salads. Coleslaw? Yeah. And so you end up making these sort of stacked up burgers. Nobody thinks of bacon, do they? I just thought of bacon then, actually. I could, quite, I could be quite happy with bacon on a barbecue. I don't know how quickly it would cook. Probably very, very quickly. So now, 
you're going to end up with a programme on barbecuing on the television. I think they've run out of ideas. I think they've run out of ideas for television programmes. We've done cookery programmes, we've done baking, we've done cakes, we've done savoury, we've done, you know, give you these ingredients, you try and make something out of it. And then all of a sudden they're going to come back and say, so now how adventurous can you be on a barbecue? John the cabbie from South London says, if you want a decent barbie, come round to my daughter's. She married into a Greek Cypriot family and we have marinated pork ribs and kebab, lamb chops and ribs, mussels, prawns, chicken kebab, drumsticks and spare ribs. The burgers are for the kids. God, sounds like a banquet, doesn't it? That sounds absolutely enormous. <laughs> I've never heard of somebody who does... You can do all of that, Kenny. You? you do mussels on a barbecue. I don't know you could do mussels on a barbecue. I suppose you put them in a saucepan and put... Could you do that? Would that be the same sort of thing? Because all you've got to do is make sure... Somebody said, oh, it's so useful the other day, the mussels were opened. I said, don't touch them. Don't touch them. You want closed mussels. The Stuart from Sandy's will tell you. I bet he's having a nightmare watering his plants every day. God, blimey, it's bad enough for me. I was out there, as I say, midnight last night... Uh, watering, thinking, just in case the weather's going to be nice today. <laughs> just in case. But I haven't actually checked on uh, on whether or not the uh, the weather is going to be particularly good, so we'll, we'll find out a little bit later on. Uh, has anybody else noticed in most of the scenes in Coronation Street, said Malcolm, a barking dog could be heard in the background, even on the indoor scenes. We're going to start checking that out now, aren't we? We're going to start sort of going, uh, barking dogs come back in again. Uh, dry and bright today. That's good, isn't it? No. Rain arrives later. Uh, so you will have it fairly warm and uh, it'll keep the Isle of Wight and the English Channel coast a little cooler. So excited. I love the idea of giving out the English Channel weather. Uh, tonight, dry for most of tonight. Clear spells at first, increasing amounts of cloud. Later rain expected to reach the far west of the region. Locally, heavy showers. Uh, the high today, 21 degrees. So uh, 42, 72 degrees. It's OK, so I can live with that. Tuesday, band of rain locally heavy, clearing eastwards by early afternoon. Sunny spells, isolated showers following, with a few sharp showers possible, becoming breezy. And 24 degrees tomorrow for Wednesday through Friday. Not bad at all. Uh, sunshine and showers Wednesday. Uh, Thursday and Friday, sunny spells and light winds, temperature rising later, becoming warm for Friday. Which is just as well, because I've got lunch on Friday. I always like that. Dorman Dom is... Sitting in his bath of iced water in Kingston. And, uh, Steve, it's not soul, it's pretentious. It isn't changing the words of the national anthem, treason. Well, I thought so, yes. I mean, you know, in the scheme of things, in the scheme of things, she'd have been in the tower very quickly, if only for the outfit. If only for the outfit she turned up. So, I mean, I, I don't really sort of worry too much about things like that. I do worry about why we get somebody... I mean, who, who picked Alicia Dixon to sing the national anthem? Couldn't they, uh, c- couldn't they you know, have that? You know, could, couldn't they just sort of have a recording of it? You don't actually need, do you, to have Alicia Dixon, especially as somebody who's, who's flogging a record. So it, it's probably that they go, who's actually flogging a record? And somebody went, Richie Neville? Oh, no, we don't want Richie Neville. Uh, OK, let's go. Uh, Alicia, she's, she's on the television, isn't she? She's on the television. I noticed that uh, poor Simon Cowell, they've had to cancel the X Factor auditions because his mother died. Uh, I don't know if it was suddenly, I don't know enough about it at the moment to comment on it, but uh, you can imagine he's absolutely distraught. So they've cancelled the auditions at the moment. Uh, Mark Ronson on the rise and fall of a star. And, of course, for uh, well-known junkie Amy Winehouse. I thought what was the amount of people who've written to me about Amy Winehouse saying the film is really good. The only person who hated it, of course, was her father, Mitch. But there again, he was the one who walked out on the family. And uh, 
he's not portrayed in a good light in the movie at all. So he said he's going to make his own film. But everybody said, who wants two films? One film is more than enough. Uh, the movie reminds me, and reminds you, says Mark Ronson, why Amy was famous in the first place. She was a genius, and I forgot that sometimes. Nothing uh, about her was pretentious. Amy's were the most open, honest lyrics you're ever going to hear on pop radio. So that's it. But unfortunately, none of, none of that brings her back, does it? At the end of the day, what, what will you say? Oh, isn't that terrible? Amy Winehouse, dead. And you always remember where you were or what, what was happening when the stories emerge of people who've been found dead. I remember Mark Spate, who was, uh, who was found hanging inside Paddington Station. And this was after his girlfriend, I think, had died. He was in a terrible place. And um, I think she'd... Uh, I think they'd both done cocaine... And in fact, I'm talking of cocaine, I was watching the television the other night, Piers, uh, Piers Morgan's little programme where he, he gets a few minor celebrities and he puts them on there and sort of Piers does one of his toadying up kind of interviews, which is quite sweet. And he did Bruno Tonioli, who was, and, who was telling us about his boyfriends and about the cocaine. And Bruno was sort of kind of dismissing it like everybody was doing cocaine. You know, it was in the business and, uh, you know, I was bouncing off the walls and doing all, all sorts of things. And I was, I was thinking to myself, is this really family viewing? Is it really family viewing to hear somebody, you know, who was a choreographer talking about, talking about cocaine that he was doing? It was in his autobiography, but I didn't, I didn't actually think it was, it was necessary. I really didn't. I keep seeing adverts on the telly for diabetes, telling you, you know, that there is a very good chance that you're going to go blind. There is a very good chance that you're going to lose your toes or your feet or something like that. And uh, strangely enough, for, for some weeks now, I've had sort of tingly feet. I think it's the weather. I think, well, I'm pretty certain I think it's the weather. I don't, don't think it's anything else at the moment. It is odd, though, isn't it, when you get tingly feet. Lordes, happy birthday. Claire says, and when is the party? So there you go. When is the party? I like a good party, actually. I was, in a, I was in Patisserie Valerie the other day. <laughs> hope he's not listening. And um, a bloke came in to collect a birthday cake, which I think was £120. Well, seems an awful lot of money. I felt like saying if he'd been to Costco, because their cakes are about 25 quid and they're huge. Anyway, this, this cake was 120 quid and it was for his son. So they'd done it in blue, but they put flowers around it. And he didn't like this at all. He thought this was wholly inappropriate to put flowers on a boy's birthday cake. He said, well, I need this now. I mean, he was having a bit of, bit of a mare of a day. I don't know what they were going to do with it. Unless they were going to take it away, re-ice it, all in a matter of an hour and a half, and, uh, and sort of do it so there were no flowers on it. He wasn't happy at all. But, of course, I always love things like that. Whenever that's going on somewhere, I always smile. Because I always think, there but for the grace of God go I. Because it's very difficult trying to pick a birthday cake. It's like when, when I do birthday cards now for, for godchildren or friends or family, I don't buy anything flash. I'm seriously looking for a 7p card. That's all I'm looking for. I'll go to Card Factory and I'll buy 10 for a pound or whatever they are. And all it says on the front is, happy birthday. That's all it needs to say. Who, 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 do we want flowery rhymes? This one comes with love from me to you today. I hope your day is blessed with lots of laughter all the way. And you think, and so you read it, you go, it's from Uncle Steve again, it's another NAF card. And they put it on the mantelpiece and it stays there until about a week later when somebody decides to throw them out. So I just buy cheap cards. They just say happy birthday on the front. And then I sort of, I just write happy birthday to whoever it is inside and stick some money in there and that's it. Comes with an envelope. Why should, why should you bother? Some of these cards that people make, they cost so much money. They go, and this one works. I mean, some birthday cards are like six pounds. 
I've got birthday cards that light up at home. I only bought them because of the novelty value. I haven't actually sort of done them for, for anything else. Just got back upstairs, having visited the loo, says Jan, and heard your clip of the national anthem. And I honestly thought it was Lulu singing, as she tends to sing with a phony American accent, and the albums don't sell either. So please wish my book group buddy Lorna a very happy birthday today. And the only people who were sordid in the Amy film are Blake and Mitch. He wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. But then I thought the film portrayed her really well. All my friends who've seen it, because I've not seen it, uh, say that it's very accurate. Off Nordic walking this morning, says Jan in South Norwood. That sounds very exotic. I like the sound of that. Nordic walking. Good Lord, honestly, we've never read that. Uh, Christening turns out to be a little bit too much for Charlotte and George. Everybody sort of... Nobody knows what to do, do they? Very well-known family. Push Pram. You go, it's William K. William K. Queen. Queen. Camilla. Everybody. Uh, Claire Balding has moved studios. Victory for the public. BBC. Mm-mm. Not so good. Uh, the Goldfinger hitman executed using a silent shotgun. Uh, cows tried to kill author. Cows are lethal. Don't walk through fields where there are cows. Not so good. Uh, the NHS scrounger, Josie What's-Her-Face, expecting baby number four. Talking of babies number four, we'll be talking about how Ched Evans has got his girlfriend pregnant as well. It won't help. Convicted rapist Ched is in all the papers today. LBC. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Monday, 6th of July. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. EU in crisis as Greece votes no. Lily Allen told a VIP off. This, I think, stems back to the story the other day when she was found in a field a little bit the worse for wear. Still no apology for the uh, the sex scam girls, the ones in Rotherham. Nothing from the council, nothing from the police, nothing from anybody, really. ITV bosses have shelved the big reunion. There aren't any more groups that you want to see. We didn't want to see the last lot, thank you very much indeed. NHS scrounger Josie Lawrence expecting baby number four. Errol Flynn's love letters only fetch £1,000. Alicia Dixon rewrites the national anthem and sings it in a rather strange, soulful way. And Selena Scott calls in the Ghostbusters. It gets better. All of that and more. And Claire Balding, finally, you've, uh, you've got it all right. So many people complain to the BBC about this ghastly bit of programming where poor Claire Balding has to stand there at a desk and sort of do a, a TFI Friday kind of thing. Whatever it was, it didn't work. Everybody said this is the most ridiculous thing ever and people are leaving it in droves, which is never a good thing if you're trying to get a TV programme. Uh, even Piers Morgan had to come to her defence and say, well, it wasn't her fault, it was the format. Well, it was just bad. It was just bad. A bad, bad format. Uh, Jackie says, have a word with your doctor or your feet, just for peace of mind, as you're a diabetic. Oh, I know, I get a hotline as a diabetic. That's why when we had a piece in the paper the other day about people saying, oh, it's really, really difficult um, to uh, find out whether or not you can get an appointment for the doctors within a week. I said, I can get an appointment within a day. Now, whether or not that's because I've got a chronic illness, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I just know that I can always, you know, get all of these things done. 
fairly quickly. Sometimes if I'm prepared to sit there for half an hour, then I can get to see a GP. I only take up a few minutes of their time. I'm, f- I'm fairly sort of quick. I'm not one of these who sits there and go, right. So it started on the Wednesday. <laughs> it doesn't work like that for me at all. Holiday chaos fears as EasyJet faces uh, a strike. How to end the Calais fast. Just seal up the tunnel. It's not bothered going there anymore. And uh, a jealous guy, Paul, having a swipe at Marta John Lennon, because after John Lennon was shot... Uh, He then became a martyr and then became the most popular person in the Beatles. And I think that was partly due to Yoko Ono, who sort of kept the the spirit of John Lennon alive. She kept his glasses in in a case and was sort of putting out pictures of the glasses stained with blood and all that kind of stuff. And so I suppose it did deify John Lennon. Uh, whatever you thought of him, I mean, I didn't know anything about John Lennon at all. I just know he did an album with Yoko Ono called Two Virgins, where they both stripped off and stood there stark naked and were photographed, and the album had to be sold in a brown paper bag for fear of offending people. It really was, uh, it was, it was slightly odd, slightly odd. Uh, the All England Club souvenirs made in China, except for the China, which is made in England, which is good. Karen Danjuk accuses her MP husband of being an arrogant alcoholic... I mean, you knew it was going to turn bad, didn't you? The moment she started sending silly little selfies out, you knew we were on a hiding to nothing. I knew that at some point the sun or the mirror or both were going to pay her money to sort of tell her sordid little story, which is, I'm an attention-seeking person who's fairly plain. I can't help it. I don't have any discernible talent, but I'm determined to make something of myself. It kind of nearly worked for Sally the Burke, but then it all went pear-shaped, and Sally the Burke just ended up making a complete fool of herself. And uh, and now... for the divorce courts, and I should imagine little Karen and her husband will be heading in exactly the same way. He's a bit too sensible. She's, uh, she's claimed in some of these interviews that he was jealous of her. How on earth you could be jealous? I cannot imagine. I think some of these people, I think they actually start sort of trying to work things out in their own mind. But I mean, I don't see him moving anybody into the house fairly quickly. She moved a personal trainer in. A personal trainer went into the house and stayed overnight. A personal trainer with a puffer jacket, with a hood. I mean, a puffer... I ask you, what sort of personal trainer has a puffer jacket? I don't know any personal... I thought they were all supposed to be big, butch and manly. This one looks anything but. A puffer jacket, I ask you. Goodness sake. And he stays overnight in, in the marital home. I mean, they've only just been separated a few days. What sort of person is she? Don't bother writing. I know the answer that you're coming up with. Uh, after the Wimbledon revamp, how about Newsnight today with Alicia Dixon and Karen Danshuk? Yes, I think that'd be quite a good idea. You know, the next thing is that... Um, but I, I had it on very good authority from somebody. They think she's got very, very short shelf life. They don't think that she, she's got any longevity. Just taking pictures of your boobs, I'm afraid I don't actually see nowadays as a career, unless you're in the programme Geordie Shaw, in which case it's probably a career for the rest of your life, I should imagine. Um, I've had tingling feet, says Dan, for eight months now. He says, could be a sign of diabetes neuropathy. I take a p- tablet for it. It's not... I mean, it's fine at the moment. I'll tell you what I've got to do every day, and I only... I only learnt about uh, two years ago when we spoke to a chiropodist on the programme who was saying that what you should do is you should change your shoes every day. So every day wear a different... Not go and buy a new pair of shoes every day. That would just be ridiculous. But sort of to, to change your shoes every day so your feet don't get acclimatised to one sort of shoe. And I do sometimes take my shoes off and I do pad around the building in my socks. 
that makes me a bad person. I knew you were going to say that. But I, I quite liked And yet I've seen other people doing it. We used to have a boss years ago, and he, he used to take his shoes off and wander up and down the, uh, the corridors and in and out of the studios. And I used to think, that's slightly odd, isn't it? I've never thought about doing that. But that's, it's only the same as being at home, isn't it? When, when, you, when you get into home, you do take... It's not just me, is it? You do take your shoes off when you go in and change into your play clothes or something like that. In my case, a giant romper suit. No, I like, I like doing that. You automatically take your shoes off. You think, oh, thank goodness for that. At the end of the day, to take your shoes off and wiggle your toes about is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Joey Essex and pal celebrated with a pool-sized barbecue on Saturday after he's moved into a £1.6 million home. He's landed, well, he's obviously bought, a four-bedroom detached mock Tudor pile. Sounds like you sort of go in there and it's just bricks, isn't it? Joey tweeted a picture of pals and said, um, talking, barbecue day with my boys. I think he means my. I just don't think he can spell properly. Uh, a neighbour said he's clearly doing all right for himself. It's a very nice area. And one friend said he loves the house. As soon as he saw it, he wanted it. It's very secluded. So who's the neighbour they found then? So it's, one minute it's so secluded... And the next minute, the, they found a neighbour who said um, he's clearly done all right for himself. It's a nice area. It's a mock Tudor house. It's mock Tudor. And it's in... Where is it? Oh, it's in Chigwell. <gasps> I mean, have you been to Chigwell? Mock Tudor. Sounds ghastly, doesn't it, really? I'm not too sure I can cope with mock Tudor. Although we used to have a mock Tudor house some years ago. Well, it was only the gable. Uh, Karen, my sexless marriage. Kind of figures, doesn't it, really? And it's plumbed new depths as uh, she claimed their marriage was sexless and called husband Simon a bad-tempered alcoholic. Oh, dear, what a nasty piece of work she is. We thought she was a bit nasty before. He, of course, is trying to expose paedophiles and she's just sort of being vile. The 32-year-old launched this broadside after he spoke of his fears that she'd been cheating on him for five months with her personal trainer. Oh, dear, I mean, honestly. Why can't people sort their own lives out? Why is it that everybody else's life seems such a complete mess, doesn't it? And sort of, you know, the, the more up the, uh, up the scale you go, the more ridiculous Karen becomes, the more ridiculous, you know, Sally the Burke became, and the more we sat back and we kind of thought, thank God our family wasn't like that. They're horrible people, aren't they, really? Kelvin McKenzie and his column, it sort of varies his column. It's either sort of sometimes quite good or sometimes quite dreadfully bad, but uh, he loves pictures of him with famous people because he considers himself to be some sort of a-celebrity. Uh, Kelvin talking about... And he's wearing a very funny little outfit. It's probably what old men wear nowadays when they get to his age. You put on a funny little jacket and a boater. He talks about the gangster John Goldfinger Palmer. Always feared he was going to have a sticky end. The clue was that he often wore a bulletproof vest, as you do in Brentwood. Well, I don't know. I, I lived in Brentwood for donkey's years. We never wore bulletproof vests. I suppose if you mix on that side, then you can only expect the worst, can't you? So when he was found dead, writes Kelvin, in the garden of his home, what does Plod do? That'll be the police. Announce his death was non-suspicious and support their ludicrous and hasty analysis by briefing that Mr Palmer had recently had heart surgery. The trouble was that the story was twofold. His surgery was keyhole and had taken place in his gallbladder. The second more important fact was he had bullet holes in his chest. And if seriously, they can't work out that it must have been a bullet hole and heart surgery, there's no hope for anybody, is there? But um, it says here, uh, once CSI Onger had revealed Mr Palmer was the victim of a gangland hit, Nick Alston... The dim-witted police and crime commissioner for Essex claimed it was possible for bullet holes to be hard to distinguish. Really? Let's not ask him to find anything else out of it. What do you reckon? Uh, heart surgery or bullet holes? 
Difficult to tell, you know. Very difficult to tell in this day and age. <laughs> I mean, he was living in an isolated place. Some of the papers are now saying that it's because uh, the, the person had a silencer on there. I mean, they didn't even know he'd been shot to start with. How do they know it was a silencer? Very odd. Very odd. Uh, Sharon says, I'm really surprised you're not keen on Russell Howard. No, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, there's so many people working on that programme. I said the other day, there's like a team of 30 or 40 people working. Doing what? This week, they, they obviously have some feature on the programme where they bring somebody on and he has to guess what they do. And this time it's a woman who comes on in a mocked-up, sort of flashy-looking car. And uh, she was a fairly well-to-do lady, very, you know, nice to see you, blah, blah, blah. And then he's got to work out what she did, and it turns out she was a bodyguard. Well, I got it in five seconds. I don't know why he dragged it out. It was, it was ridiculous. Anyway... Sharon thinks it's a very funny and clever programme and one of the best programmes on television. Serious? Go on, perhaps I need to... I've, I've seen it a few times. I just don't, just don't get it. Also, I was watching TOWIE and thought, why am I watching this? It's dire and trashy. So I turned over, still loving David Beckham, Leonard Cohen, and just saw Take That, who were very good. Yes, you can't fault them, can you? David, David Beckham, of course. I mean, that's marvellous, because he's, he's just celebrated his wedding anniversary to, uh, to Vic. Yes, they're, they're still married. What sort of marriage it is, we have no idea. I suspect it's probably there for Brand Beckham, because she seems hardly ever at home. He's often out with sort of one of the boys or holding Harper. And, and then there's two other children, but we don't mention them at all, except if it's the one with the Burberry scarf on. It's quarter past five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, you're pretty nice to be company. Uh, I have seen, uh, Judith, this uh, sort of instant ice cream maker. It's not an ice cream maker at all. It's, uh, it's called, uh, oh, they call it a yo-something. And uh, you put frozen fruit down the chute of this machine with cream or yoghurt and it comes out like Mr Whippy. Uh, I've seen it advertised on the television, to be honest with you. I've seen them demonstrating it. And I looked at it and I thought, I definitely don't want one of those. It's just frozen frozen fruit and it just sort of mashes it up inside. It's not really that easy. You can make it yourself as you imagine with a fork. Lily Allen's had a bit of trouble. You remember the other day there was a picture of her lying in a field where she appeared to be going through something. Anyway uh, she disgraced herself at Glastonbury we are told. The previous weekend she'd passed out. She had another nightmare at Wireless on Friday she had the classic don't you know who I am moment as she was turned away from one of the VIP areas. Uh, she was with uh, pals and not with husband Sam Cooper. She was told to turn around and join the masses as she tried to enter the exclusive Live Nation area. Guests inside included, hilariously, Joey Essex, Brooklyn Beckham, Fern McCann and Alicia Dixon. God, sounds very Z-list, doesn't it, really? A mole overheard mum of two Lily moan, I don't want to make an unnecessary scene. Can you get somebody from Live Nation to get me in? But the security guard, Sarah, was not having it. And Lily, who was wearing a tiny crop top and backpack, stomped off into the crowd. Sarah told my festival source, I don't know who Lily thinks she is, but she's not getting past me. Well, she's Lily Allen, which is kind of about ten up from somebody who's going, you can't come in at nothing worse than a job's worth, is there? And yet, happily, they'll let in Joey Essex. My God. <laughs> Has that got any credibility, this thing? And Brooklyn Beckham and Fern McCann, a foul-mouthed old baggage from... Uh, from uh, Made in Essex. And I didn't see it the other night. You'd be delighted, no, because if I had, I probably would have had more to, to say about it. Hollywood veteran Diana Douglas, ex-wife of uh, film legend Kirk Douglas and mum of Michael, has died of cancer at the age of 92. 92. That was a, that was a, a fair innings. A very fair innings. And uh, here's a picture of the, uh, the uptown bride. Yes, Billy Joel has shocked pals by marrying his lover, uh, Alexis Roderick. They've been together for six years. 
And uh, so they, they got married, turned into a wedding, and Christy Brinkley sent congratulations. See? There are decent people out there. I worry about cow stories. Every time I open up the newspapers, there's another story about cows trampling people to death. And here it is. This is a, a dog walker. Now, whether it's the dog that does it, I don't know. Because the last time two men, one was killed, was when they were walking dogs and the cows were pushing into them. And literally, they, they, they I mean, these cows weigh a lot. And this particular lady here, called Babette Cole, was trampled and suffered fractured ribs and face wounds before a passerby managed to shoo the herd away. She was walking two terriers for a field. She said, the cows went for me and my two terriers. One tossed me up in the air. There was a forest of legs and feet were trampling me. Children's author Babette, who believes the cows were protecting young in Devon, said they tried to kill me. Yeah, I mean, they, they are dangerous cows. I don't, I don't want to say to people, you know, they're all right when they're going in to be milked, but you don't want to upset cows. You see, if you've been up close to one, they're big. Seriously, they're all bones and and things and hooves and they kick and they do all sorts of things. So you don't want to go there. Do you know, it, as, as an animal lover, as an animal lover, you spend a small fortune on gifts every year. Do you know, a quarter of animals get spa treatments or toiletries for, for dogs and cats. Now, you know that the one thing I'm anti when it comes to dogs and cats, being a big fan of people, and I hate people who traffic animals or do anything with, with sort of, you know, dogs, which I think is out of the ordinary, which includes dressing them up. I cannot bear people who dress dogs up, especially in this weather. I mean, I do expect, and I know I laughed at it before, when Nathan Morley said that he had little little Wellington boots for his his dog. And, and I laughed at it, and then I suddenly realised that in very hot countries, the pavements are scorching hot. Bad enough for us to walk on, let alone dogs with their little pads. So in Australia, as you now know, they, uh, all their drug dogs have little booties which they put on so that they can walk on the pavement. They say, put your hand on the pavement, height of, uh, height of the day, and if it's too hot for you, it must be even worse for the dogs, and people take them out. Don't know why. Not really a good thing at all. Who's this? This is a model. Um don't know who she is. Oh, she's, she's been in a minor role with Zac Efron. Actually, there was something else the other day. Where did they turn up? Somebody turned up at... Oh, it might have been Silverstone. And it was a Tiger Woods ex-girlfriend. That's her claim to fame. A Tiger Woods ex-girlfriend. I mean, goodness sake, have you heard of such a thing in your life? And um, you'd only need frozen fruit, no cream or yoghurt. I, I have seen this thing. I think it's called... A, it's, uh, people put bananas in them. That's what they, they demonstrate on the television. And it looks lovely, but to be honest with you, I'd rather go and buy ice cream. For the sake of spending £49 on, a, on an ice cream kind of maker, when for £49, that's 49 tubs of ice cream you can fill the freezer up with. Which is, uh, which, well, that's, of course, if you go and buy it from Iceland. Uh, the reunion show, which they've decided to drop after, I suppose, a lot of discussion. It was a bit of a hit in... Uh, oh, I don't know, I forget when it was now, actually. Was it, the, the reason that they're not bringing it back is because they say they can't sign up any worthwhile bands. I mean, there aren't any bands that we want to see now. Uh, five became three. Atomic Kitten sort of went out and did their little, their little thing. And uh, we've had S Club 7. And now they've said it, uh, it might not return for decades. A source says there are currently not enough decent groups around to reform on the show, so it's not returning. It could be a generation before it comes back when bands like One Direction eventually split. They want to get back together again. Well, they're not going to be going on a television programme. They'll probably still be signed to Psycho. Do you not think so? I would think so. Uh, New World, we're from Oz, says Paul. 
and had been going from 1965. And though successful over there, it was 71 before they got their hit with Tom, Tom, turn around, don't ever let me down, wanna be your wife, that one. Uh, the song was also covered by The Sweet, written by Chin and Chapman, released on their Rack record label. All oh, right. A follow-up single they did was a flop, but only for them, as Living Next Door to Alice did rather well for smoky exterior shots of wheel tappers were taken in the Granada car park off Key Street. And much like the good old days from the City Variety's Leeds, it wasn't unusual for people to turn up expecting to be let in, which proved how popular the shows were. However, a similar show Granada did a few years later, live at the Lilydrome, starred Paul O'Grady. That was filmed in a real social club, namely the Leighton Institute, and your favourite place, Blackpool. Have a look on YouTube for extracts from the show featuring Johnny Casson and Bob Down. A good well, of course it would be, because uh, Bob and Lily were very, very good friends. In fact, I think they were more than good friends. Uh, a good show and worthy of a repeat. Thoroughly enjoyed your in conversation with Freddie. See, you didn't need the Northern Phrase book after all. No, actually, we, we got on remarkably well. We did, seriously. I mean, even, you know, people came out and said, how was Freddie Flintoff? I said, it was absolutely... We laughed. We laughed all the way through. We got on really, really well, actually. Really well. Ever since I told him the Pleasance Theatre up in Edinburgh was really nice. He was excited about that because he's doing his uh, his one man sort of two man show, taking it around the country where he's talking about cricket and all sorts of things. So go see him. Very personable. Very, very personable. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, it's somebody from Geordie Shore. I can't bear anybody from Geordie Shore. I do try to sort of, you know, accommodate most television programmes. But I think even there was a, a ghastly one which came from Wales, which was just so... So low level, I couldn't even couldn't even get my head around it. Uh, Mario Falcone has bragged that he enjoyed his recent suspension from the show as it allowed him to go on holiday to Portugal. He is a bit of a numpty, isn't he, poor little soul? But anyway, he says, um, I'm, I'm the stepping stone, he said. I'm the career maker. I feel like Simon Cowell. In your dreams, in your dreams. And uh, what else? Complaints about ITV sitcom Vicious being dated are baffling Sir Ian McKellen. Um, I think it's a bit dated as well. He does it with uh, Sir Derek Jacobi. He says it's meant to look old-fashioned, and it's old-fashioned in its structure and and whatnot. Nicky Campbell from Long Lost Family has an odd link to Bing Crosby. He has a house in Scotland where the crooner often stayed after a local hotel burnt down. Have you seen that programme? Long Lost Family. Some of them, you wish they'd stayed lost. You know, some people... I mean, I always love these sort of programmes on the television where they say, we've actually got a, a family here and we're trying to reunite them. And it was, it, was, it was the surprise, surprise thing that Scylla did so well years ago that came back in another format. And the whole idea is just designed to make you cry, as indeed do so many programmes on the television. Uh, so here are the baby pictures, the christening pictures, everybody looking very smart, and so they should. The Queen, immaculate, Prince Philip, still looking fantastic, Camilla Parker. It's amazing how Camilla Parker Bowles and the Queen can chat on so many different levels, which is what I quite like. Kate looked nice, wearing a... I think they call them a fascinator, the hats. It's not sort of proper hat. Queen looking perfect. And uh, little George standing on tippy-toe, trying to see into this pram, which goes back for ages. I think this uh, this this pram, I think, had been used by all sorts of people there to see them. It wasn't the biggest turnout I've ever seen, especially when they had said, listen, you're all welcome to come along. And at one point, uh, George got a little bit teary, after the service, and so they had to look... Bless his heart, honestly. <laughs> little bit teary. And and I have seen the outfit before. I, I told you I had. They said it was almost identical to the one that was worn by Prince William in 1984. Wow. George's version cost 85 quid and uh, was created by the London-based children's designer Rachel Riley, whose customers have included Madonna and David Beckham. 
do. You can just see David Beckham wearing this, can't you, really? It can be buttoned. Apparently, a rush of orders for the cotton two-piece is now expected uh, to take up to six weeks. You see, you've only got to have something that is seen in the papers, like a hat uh, or a perambulator or a pram and or a little outfit. And immediately people go, I want that outfit. And so people, it, it's, it's exactly the same as the, the Delia recipes on the television. They became so successful, Sainsbury's put a separate Delia section in. So in other words, you watch the programme one evening, the next day you could go to Sainsbury's, and there were all the ingredients in the frying pan on the one shelf. You could find it all, so you could go and recreate that recipe. And I remember thinking, that's actually very clever marketing. But in the case of the royal family, they don't need to do clever marketing. The things sell by themselves. People see it and go, oh, that's nice. Because they wouldn't have thought about it. I mean, the, uh, the Duchess is wearing a... Uh, I think it's a, a McQueen coat here. This is for Alexander McQueen. Uh, Sarah Burton for Alexander, who also designed her wedding dress. And a bespoke coat is about £1,375. But, I mean, do you think they pay... Do you think they pay or do they get it for free? I would like to think that they, they, they pay, but I have a sneaky feeling they probably get gifted a lot of things. And that's, and that's good. Everybody looked good. They all looked good. And uh, Camilla looked good. I'm not too sure about the sleeves on it, but the rest of it was good. Prince Charles looking, you know, looking a bit old now, you know. Uh, but still looking good. And who else? Oh, Camilla's legs were on display. She's got fabulous legs, actually. Fabulous legs. And uh, the Duchess of Cornwall. And also Thomas Van Staubensee. It does sound very Germanic, doesn't it? I suspect it's probably East European royalty or something. But he's known as uh, Van. Yeah, I don't get it either. But they all have different names. All have different names. Uh, Coleman's, we'll talk about in a moment, making their mellower mustard to win back families. Obviously, families are moving away from mustard, which is not very good, is it? It's five. Steve Allen on LBC. It's a nice little book. It's nice at hand. It fits in the pocket, as they say. I don't want to sort of say too much about it, because it's doing quite well. Thank you very much indeed. And it is the first book I've ever done, but there's a series of them on LBC. Series, uh, five. Five little books, all on different things. Mine is uh, possibly the easiest read, I would think, because it's talking about the world of celebrity and how mad the whole thing is and how basically anybody can become a celebrity. If a woman who takes pictures of her boobs can, in theory, become a celebrity. Although she told a bit of a fib, actually. When she was tweeting the other day, Karen Danshuk... She said, this is how it's been played. I'm in press all week, despite not doing any. You're such a liar. You were sitting in a pub the other day talking to Stig Abel. I know that because he told me. So she was doing her piece. She was selling a little bit of, little bit of her life. The trouble is, when you're plain and you don't have a lot going for you, um, I suppose that's all you can do. You can take pic- Oh, she's got a belly button piercing. Oh, dear, that's a bit tacky, isn't it? Oh, don't like that at all. But uh, luckily she was on holiday with, um, with a cameraman who was able to take pictures of her. I think she's short-lived. I think she's short. I don't think she's she's bright enough. I don't think you know she's doing herself any favours. But there again, you can never tell people. You can never tell people this. Everybody else can see it. It's just that the person who is in the middle of it is sort of going, "Oh right." Of course, had Max Clifford not been in prison, she'd have been with Max. He would have sold her story ages ago. Ages ago. That's what he did. He had people like her and Sally the Burke who were on his books, and he would be the man who brokered the deal for them. I've noticed he's just been arrested on another charge. How can he be arrested if you're in prison? I didn't actually think that was uh, that was possible. Uh, strangely enough, a man brandishing the Islamic State flag in the heart of Westminster, while a little girl on his shoulder waved a smaller version, was allowed to go free by the police. He was photographed walking past the Houses of Parliament. After two photographers who posted on a Korean website by a tourist who took the picture of the man, commentator said it was appalling. Anybody should be allowed to advocate the terror group. 
Anyway, police were on a high alert for any terrorist attack, but they merely questioned him on Saturday and let him go, despite the fact the Prime Minister, David Cameron, said anybody walking around with the flag should be arrested. I mean, quite clearly, he's a simpleton. Allowed to walk up and down. Scotland Yard says its officers felt powerless to intervene, even though it's illegal to join or support the terror group. But apparently you're right to walk up and down with a flag and get your little girl. What a stupid person they must be. What a stupid person. Uh, doctors who don't bother to diagnose dementia. This is, gonna, this is the big buzzword now. More and more people talking about dementia because there's not enough money being pumped into it. Now you've got uh, GPs reluctant because there's nothing the NHS can do. A quarter of doctors would consider avoiding sending someone for tests if they were unlikely to be offered any treatment or support afterwards. A similar number say they'd be unwilling to give patients a diagnosis if the condition was already very advanced and couldn't be slowed by drugs. It's awful, isn't it, really? Because you might know somebody who's actually got dementia. Who is it? Somebody was talking about this the other day, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody quite famous. Oh, it was Bruno Tonioli, whose father got dementia. He said, and I only knew because somebody phoned me up and said he's been found wandering in the centre of town with his pockets full of money, and he doesn't know where he is. And my, uh, my auntie... She lived in Norwich. She, the local taxi drivers used to bring her back home again because she didn't know where she was. And that's, you know, you should always try and offer some sort of help. But, I mean, do it politely. Don't sort of go and grab somebody's arm by the side of the road. That just, that just doesn't work at all, does it? Here's a little picture of um, Sir Jackie Stewart, five foot four, um, posing with Lindsay Vaughan, who's a, a ski racer. And apparently she's a recent girlfriend of Tiger Woods. How marvellous. Your claim to fame is... Uh, what, what do you do to... Recent girlfriend. OK, of who? Tiger Woods. <laughs> Lovely. It's exciting, isn't it? And that's it, is it? Yeah. OK, fine. Peter McKay says, how to end the Calais farce. Boycott the tunnel. I'll just brick it up. When they're in it, let them stay. Some of these people have got guns, apparently. It's, it's, it's hardly too long, is it, before we're going to be seeing some dreadful accident. Either somebody's going to get run over by a train or something else even more ghastly is going to happen, which it doesn't even bear thinking about. And uh, Peter also talks about Scotland Yard. They say their investigation into the three missing jihadi schoolgirls continues. One of them, Amira Abbasi, speaks on the phone to another cover reporter from the Mail on Sunday. Uh, Abul Tar, who poses a possible Islamic State recruit, Told about 30 British tourists murdered in Tunisia. Miss Abbasi says, uh, LOL, laugh out loud. To which Miss Taha replies, why LOL? Them tourists were innocent or am I confused? Miss Abbasi then says, research, like read about it. There's no sensible way of countering these kind of deranged morals except to say the girl responsible is young. It's amazing, isn't it? Do you see the picture in the paper the other day? It appeared in... Uh, in Sunday's papers, of these uh, executioners from ISIS, average age 13, each one with a person in front of them, and they were just going to, they murdered them in cold blood. And you think, surely a child of 13 is going to be so traumatised by all of this. It's funny, isn't it, how the, the so-called men of ISIS get the women to do their dirty work, and little children, because that's what they are. They're just blatant, blatantly cowards, I'm afraid. Um, the other story is EasyJet. Now, I've not known in all the years that we've been speaking about EasyJet that they could ever walk out. I thought they all seemed to be fairly happy. Mind you, used to annoy the heck out of me when we used to watch the programmes where they were at, was it Liverpool Airport? Was it Speak Airport? You'd missed the flight. Sorry? Missed the flight. Well, it, it hasn't gone anywhere yet. No, doors are closed. Can't get on it. And they would stand there while the cameras filmed the misery of passengers on EasyJet. And I have to be honest, I did take a bit of a sneaky sort of a sneaky pleasure in thinking, I want to be that person saying, you can't go down there. Well, I haven't got any bags. No, you can't. Pilot says no. 
So you can't. Anyway, thank you. And then they just wandered away. It was it was hilarious. Because people turned up late. They got caught in traffic jams and everything else. So now the cabin staff could walk out over pay. They earn about £25,000 a year. Now, that might seem a serious amount of money to you when you consider they're not working five days a week or six days a week. Uh, I think uh, EasyJet has got 3,500 flight attendants. About a third are Unite members. And talks between Unite and and EasyJet have broken down. Uh, The budget airlines offered a deal that would see a 4.1% pay rise for cabin crew members over two years and 5.1% for cabin managers. Unite members voted to reject the offer, but EasyJet's now brought in the pay rises anyway. I mean, I can't understand why you'd want to turn down in this time, you know, this sort of day and age, 4.1% or 5.1%. Admittedly, they did report a pre-tax profit of 581 million pounds but it's just it's just greed really isn't it it's just how far can you push somebody the 25000 pound package for easyjet uh, flight attendants is made up of basic pay of around 13000 uh, pay per trip sums of about 10500 which staff are paid to compensate for antisocial hours 500 pound bonus and commissions worth about 1000 for selling items on board i didn't know that you get oh, you get a commission for, i wonder why they used to push things they get a commission. Apparently, cabin crew joining Ryanair typically earn twelve to fifteen thousand pounds a year, plus a top-up of a thousand a month for the first six months. British Airways staff get a basic salary of twelve thousand one hundred ninety-two, but that's boosted by bonuses. And I should imagine—I might be talking out of turn—but if, if if you get to work first class, I mean, that's got to be worth fifty thousand a year, isn't it? I would think so. I mean, they're 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 coveted jobs within the industry. I would think 50,000, would that be possible? 50,000? I don't know, I might be completely wrong. I might, be gu- I might just be guessing on these things, but I thought 50,000 pounds would seem about right. If, if 40, I don't know, 40,000 pounds? Tell me you've got bonuses. And in first class, I mean, that would be some bonuses, wouldn't it? I'll buy the diamond necklace. <laughs> You'd be going, yep, fantastic. Happy days, happy days. Uh, Alicia's Silverstone anthem, a bit of a car crash. Everybody seems to agree. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was a car crash. I just didn't understand why she was singing the national anthem in, in what I thought was a, a disrespectful way. But I suppose if she says I'm a soul singer, that's how I sing things. She did put her own words in and she said I just sort of added words, which I thought was also a bit unnecessary. But at the same time, it doesn't really make any difference. What, what she's done is she's overshadowed. I think Lewis Hamilton won this, didn't he? Didn't he win this one? Man drives fast car. And that's it. But uh, she uh, she did get loads of coverage in the papers, and I know that Darren Adam was talking about it earlier on, saying just how how difficult it is for people to appreciate how other people sing. I mean, she sounded like she was appearing in a show somewhere. Did you find out why Freddie Flintoff is called Freddie Steve when his name's Andrew? No, no. Did I? Oh, I did. What was it? Because it... that's right. His last name is so similar to Fred Flint. Did he tell me this? I'm glad you remember it. I can't. I don't think he mentioned Fred Flintstone, <laughs> but it's because his name is so similar to Fred Flintstone. So Fred Flintoff, Fred Flint. Okay, you get it. Okay, well that's how it works because his name's Andrew, as you say. And uh, Stephen Basildon, Basildon says it is the dogs. They make cows very uneasy. Do you remember David Blunkett got attacked with his dog a few years ago? Yes, I mean I would have thought if you're walking across a field that there's cows in it and they see dogs, I shouldn't imagine cows really know what dogs are, are they? I mean, do they? Do they know about this? I don't know. And Steve says, am I the only person feeling cynical about the Jerry Halliwell marriage? 
disgraceful, honestly. She's blissfully happy. She's never been so happy. Whether it lasts, of course, is another matter. But that, but that's the whole thing with, with anybody's showbiz marriage, isn't it? Any showbiz marriage now, people say, oh, you know, has it been arranged? There's, in fact, there is an arranged marriage programme coming up on the television. It's not an ethnic thing. It's just they're, they're, they're putting couples together so they end up getting married. I don't quite understand what the purpose of it is. They're very, we're very thin on the ground of decent programmes on the telly. Seriously, I mean, there is nothing. I've seen some dreadful programmes recently, mainly shoved on some of the BBC Obscure channels, like one, two and three. And you look at some of them, and I'm bored with tennis. I'm so bored with tennis. Why don't we get motor racing? Even though oh, that's a bit dull as well, isn't it? There's nothing on the telly that you think to yourself, you know, years ago, you'd rush home. You'd rush home for Brideshead Revisited over on, on the ITV, and, you'd, and you'd, you'd go, oh, I'm rushing home for Noel's house party. I'm not going to go out till Noel's house party's finished. Now you flip through the chat, you go, oh. God, there's just nothing. Nothing at all. And I find it deeply disappointing because I'm sure I seem to be spending more on my television licence fee. And yet I'm not actually getting the programmes I want. I'm having to get two people doing the news. Why does it take two people to do a news programme? Can't they just manage one person? Couldn't Charlie State do it by himself or somebody else? They could all do it. And how many weather people do you need? I mean, I do find it somewhat ridiculous that there seems to be an army of people who go out there... What did they have the other day? Oh, that's right. It was <laughs> I was watching Drop the Dead Donkey, and it was the scene where they they played back to Damien all the little reports that he'd done from abroad, where he'd, he'd placed the teddy uh, on the pile. He said, you know, and here a poignant reminder of a child who lost their teddy. And of course, and then they said, and this teddy cropped up here, and here, and here, and as recently as last week, the teddy cropped up again. He said, so we're, we're keeping that. And we want the plimsoll with the blood stain on it. And he had a little dolly as well. And it just just reminded me of all these reporters that people send out to somewhere. And you think, the cost of doing this must be astronomical. I mean, nobody ever said that news gathering was cheap. It must be the most expensive thing that you don't physically get anything back from. Somebody goes out there to do a news report. That's why we have reporters all, all around the world. Because if you keep sending people out there, what, you, there's no... You, you can't recoup the money. It's, it's sort of lost. Well, I always think it's lost anyway. Uh, women spend five months picking outfits. I'll tell you about that in a moment. I can't believe it. Do you really? I bet you do. LBC, quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Monday, the 6th of July. You might be getting ready to go on holiday to Greece. Or you might not be. Somebody's got to go there, haven't they? You might be going to Tunisia. I don't know where you're going. Just remember, if you're going to Greece, take money. Take money, because uh, a lot of banks aren't open, a lot of supermarkets are empty, the shelves which once groaned with food now are not groaning with food, and if you don't take cash, you might not get anything anyway, because most places are not taking credit cards. Uh, Eddie reckons, uh, simply play the correct version to the artist, this is of the National Anthem, and then inform them, sing it like that, or you don't get paid. I don't think she got paid, I think she's probably doing a freebie. I think because you would get publicity to sing at, uh, well, I don't know, she might have had some sort of deal with her entourage. Can't imagine she turns up on a bus and just sort of gets out and sings. This is Alicia Dixon. Do you want to hear her singing? You like Alicia Dixon singing. This is a little clip that uh, we have of her singing the national anthem at Silverstone. And this is the thing that has caused a bit of uh, rumpus because they think she sounds a bit too American and it's a bit too disrespectful for the national anthem. God save There you go. Couldn't even hit the high note at the end. I was waiting for it to go. You go, God save our queen. You know, that's that's how you get up there. And she went, queen. And I thought, oh, dear. Almost bass. And it was this sort of 
quasi... She says she was singing soulfully, and uh, which I didn't have a problem with. I just think it's slightly disrespectful. Otherwise, she might as well, God save our gracious queen. Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Said Herbert. Sorry. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that'll probably get me taken to the tower a little bit later on today. But, I mean, you just don't do it. It's the national anthem. You sing it properly. I quite like my version, actually. I'm thinking of releasing that as a single. Send her victorious, happy and glorious. I mean, you could do it in any way you like, but it's disrespectful. So, uh, and also she put her own words in, which wasn't particularly good, was it? Meanwhile, over in French France, yes, greetings from over there, that today it is Bryn and Annie's 58th wedding anniversary. My goodness. Uh, 58, listen, I can barely make anything last 58 minutes, let alone 58 years. And it's today, and also on Wednesday, the 8th, it's Annie's birthday. We're not, we're not going to be so rude, Annie, as to, to mention ages, because I think it makes no difference whatsoever. Anyway, according to Tracy, they've had a bit of a sticky time recently, because as you now know from last week's programme, Annie's had a second knee operation, not quite back to full fitness, but don't worry, it's getting there. I think she's setting up a shop, to be honest with you. Uh, and also, Bryn is suffering with a bit of pain, and so we're trying to find out what's sort of going wrong there. So a little bit of a lift. They've had a good week, family party, and super hot French weather. They hate the weather. <laughs> As you know. So, uh, a very happy, healthy year ahead from all the family. Tim, Chloe, Josie, Cameron, Paul and Tracy. So, there you go. Actually, ironically, I did get one from uh, from Bryn. He said, can you get me off the hook? He always needs to get off the hook, doesn't he? It's their 58th wedding anniversary. And I've not been able to buy Annie a celebratory card in this wonderful but uh, benighted country. I know she's listening, so can you tell her that I love her 58 times more than when we married in 1957? 1957. Good Lord. We shall be celebrating together at lunchtime with a visit to our physio, terrorist, uh, for Anne's painful new knee and me with my lousy back. Well, listen, you have a nice time. Yours, Bryn, for Annie. Listen, they, they're, they're surviving. I hope this heat hasn't been too bad for you over there. But I hope you have a, a lovely day. I know that all the family uh, wish you the very, very best. And hopefully a slightly healthier year ahead. But they do have lovely little hospitals in French France. Really nice little cottage hospitals. So, I mean, I've never had a knee replacement, so I don't know what pain is. I've had a bad back, so I can sympathise with Bryn on that one. But um, they've been around for, uh, for a long time, and we're looking forward to being around for a hell of a lot longer. I think, it, personally, it's the weather out there and the fact that she's got a shop going selling knees. Artificial knees. <laughs> I like the idea of that. Did, the other day, very odd, James O'Brien tweeted something about he was trying to find ballet socks. And I thought, do you know, quite clearly he doesn't know anything about ballet at all. Because over the road from here, at the very end of a little parade of shops, is Freed's. And they do all the ballet. They do all the ballet shoes. They do everything in there. I thought he'd have known that. And, and he, I'm sure he walks past it most days. Because when I've been sort of down there looking in a couple of shop windows, David Drummond's, because he's got theatre posters and theatrical stuff, uh, I've seen I've seen the O'Brien character lurking l- furtively. And I'm sure he must know that Freed's are down there and that's what they do. Uh, Steve, uh, the BBC have 19 weather presenters. Nine. 19 weather present. I mean, how many do you need? Also, why are we so... Um, Karen says the, the engines running were more tuneful than Alicia Dixon. Don't think my version was quite good. I thought my version was actually almost exceptional. Almost exceptional. Humans is very good. A tad bloody and very scary, says Deanna at Tadworth. Uh, this is... Uh, it's what's it? Isn't it Jack Wilch's girlfriend? 
who plays uh, the the uh, the robot. She says, uh, you've missed the first few episodes, but you could catch up. I'm not, um, I don't like things where I have to do a catch-up, Deanna. I quite like, I mean, it is It is a bit scary for me. And I, you know me, I, I wouldn't sleep if something was scary. It would sort of get my sort of pulses racing. It's been bad enough recently. I sort of woke up the other morning. You know when you wake up and your heart's pounding? And in my case, I always think that's a fairly dangerous situation to be in. And your heart's pounding away and you think, I wonder what that is, I wonder what that is. And I thought, for some reason, I don't know, I thought it was in the middle of a storm, but I wasn't in the middle of a storm. But I did go out there and water the baskets and I couldn't stop my heart pounding. I thought, oh dear, perhaps I need to take sort of some more, some more tablets. But uh, thank you for that one. And um, there's the new godparent, Tom Van Strabenzi. Is that is Strabenzi? Dutch name, not German. Well, there you go. I mean, Dutch, German, I mean, goodness sake. Does it make any difference? Uh, Jamie says, if you ate 49 tubs of ice cream, it would finish you off. I think eating one tub of ice cream. Having discovered that one ice cream the other day in the news, did you hear that? One ice cream contains half of your daily sugar. Half of your daily sugar for one ice cream. Scott the cabbie says, has Noel Edmonds ever been on In Conversation? I used to love his house party. I loved his house party. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was such a great programme great programme. It had everything. It had celebrities, it had uh, games, had people winning things. Oh, I thought it was wonderful. I absolutely loved it. Big mistake. I forget who it was who axed it. It was somebody who obviously didn't like him and they decided to axe the programme because they said oh, it wasn't doing this kind of business. Well, change something. Do a little bit of tweaking. Not as much tweaking as uh, as you have to do with the Claire Balding programme. So they have to change the Claire Balding programme. Get them out of that ridiculous set. Put them just in a room. Let them, let them do tennis. But of course she doesn't know about tennis. That's the problem and that's why it's coming over, you know, not in, not in the best way. But there again, you know, why do we need people to analyse it? All the time. It's just tennis. You know, here we go. Tennis. Ball from this side of the net to the other. Hits the net. OK, ball boy runs in, picks it up, runs back. And, ten- and then somebody goes out. And that's it. And they go three love. Or who cares? Just back from Greece is uh, Gary. Some places don't take the card, but definitely no shortage of food anywhere. It's tabloids trying to scare people. And it's hurting tourism even more. First class get paid the same. Do they really? On the airline? Do they really? Well, that's a bit disappointing. And... Um, uh, June says, other than it being the wrong tempo, words, tune, accent, only one other thing needed, changing to make that national anthem acceptable. The performer. Yes, I, I think they only picked her because she's got an album out or she's got a, got a single out, and that's, that's presumably why. Otherwise, have you noticed that Michael Ball's doing an advert for Premier Inns or something on the television? I think it's Premier Inns. I spotted his voice immediately and I thought, that's interesting. <laughs> Never heard Michael doing an advert. He's singing it. He's singing it. And... Um, Lovely. Sharon says, I saw something really funny on the the news channel on Saturday night, and I think it will amuse you. On the ticker tape that runs along the bottom of the screen, it stated the Luton family who were missing were now safe with ISIS. She says, I hope they never come back to the UK. Well, that's what they have to do. That's what the government have got to decide on. Are you ever going to let any of these people back into the country? The answer is no, they cannot. Once they've been over there, not only have they been radicalised, we don't want them back over here as sleepers. I don't want anything like that, thank you very much indeed. Stupid schoolgirls running away so that they can uh, escape their parents. They quite clearly don't care anything about their parents at all. They're very, very bad Muslims in that, uh, in that aspect. And uh, they don't deserve to come back to this country. Once they've left, as far as I'm concerned, you've left, you're, you're out. You know, and, that, and you don't come back. I couldn't care less what they said. They could stand there till they're blue in the face saying, no, we now reject all of this. No, 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 you're not coming back, OK? You stay over there. Uh, uh, is there any diabetic or non-sugar ice cream? I shouldn't think so. I shouldn't think so. 
I've never heard of diabetic ice cream. Actually, any food that says it's for diabetics on, you should avoid like the plague. You can eat normal food as a diabetic. You don't have to, um, you don't have to sort of eat special food. There used to be a whole range of food, I think, in, in the chemist. Diabetic this, diabetic that. No, you could just eat normal food. You just have to watch it. Just have to be very careful with the sugar levels. But diabetic ice cream. Ugh, sounds disgusting, doesn't it? Or non-sugar ice cream. It sounds even more boring. If you're going to have a cream cake or a piece of ice cream as a diabetic, well, then have it, but just don't have very much of it. Just sort of kind, you know, kind of watch the portion sizes. Because unfortunately, as we all get bigger, and I have to hold my hands up and say that I'm in exactly that, uh, that category, I don't think I'm eating too much, but I'm sure if somebody analysed everything, they'd go, but you're eating enough for two people. And that, and that kind of worries me. So yesterday, I just, I ate lots of vegetables. I ate loads of vegetables, carrots and courgettes, and swede and everything. And I, I tried to be really good about it. Admittedly, I had it with steak, you know, which I cut up into little pieces. So I, I thought I was being quite good. And then I did put a peppercorn sauce over the top of it. And I should imagine the peppercorn sauce was the thing that kind of did it. That's why sometimes when I climb into bed, I do sleep straight away. But I don't sleep perhaps brilliantly. I very rarely sleep all the way through. I wake up a few times. And that's because the sugar is reacting badly inside my body. So I have to keep learning. Before you go to bed, Stephen, do not have a yoghurt. No matter how good it looks and how, no matter how full of plumped up fruit. I was talking to Ian Dale about this the other day. And he's diabetic. He doesn't inject like... He's only, he's only pretend diabetic. But uh, he said he could eat a whole punnet of strawberries. He said, are we allowed to? I said, of course you're not. They contain fructose. He must be up on the ceiling most of the time. Well, you'll know because he's on breakfast this morning on LBC. I think for the final time, I think Nick's back tomorrow. So I'll, I'll give you a rundown on, uh, on what Ian Dale has got coming up after 7 o'clock this morning, which is after the morning news with Sarah Jane Mee. Coming up uh, very shortly, news at 6 o'clock. Uh, women spend five months picking their outfits. Selena Scott calls in the Ghostbusters. Still no apology for those girls abused by those sex gangs in Rotherham. And rapist footballer Ched Evans is going to be a father. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. Uh, remember a diabetic's diet, says uh, David Tor. This is David. It's just a normal, healthy diet. Just steer clear of high-sugar stuff. No need to buy diabetic foods. Uh, David is a recently retired paediatric diabetes nurse. As long as appropriate balance of insulin is given to match carbohydrate intake. Well, I'm very good at doing that. I'm very good at doing my insulin. But it was when Ian, Ian Dale was... The things he eats, I mean, honestly, I don't know. He's got away with it. Seriously, when he said he could eat a whole punnet of strawberries, I felt quite physically ill. I didn't think it was possible. I'd said to him, there's all that fructose in there. It's not good. And then I I did the cardinal sin. I said, and grapes are a no-no. And he went, what? He was was quite shocked. I think he eats grapes, but the trouble is they really are. I mean, grapes can affect me within seconds. Seriously, the amount of sugar in in, in just a couple of grapes, I'm up on the ceiling. Might as well give me a feather duster. Uh, So uh, we shall watch our food intake today. We shall try and be good, try and be good. And uh, somebody's listening to us in uh, Slovakia at the moment, which is very good. We like, uh, we don't mind where you're listening. And then uh, somebody said, I listen to your programme ever morning. I think you mean every morning, whilst walking my dog. Yesterday, you slagged off Heather Watson. Most unkind. I'm not a tennis fan, but I watched a match. She was formidable. She lost. I'm not interested. There's only two people on the court. One won, one didn't. You know, and she's ranked 59th. I'd never even heard of her before. 
Never even heard of it before. So it's not a case of that. And then somebody else says, BBC bashing may be fashionable. Well, excuse me, I own it. They keep telling us it's your BBC. And if I don't like things on it, I shall blooming well tell them. And that's what everybody else does. That's why if ever you've got a complaint about a programme, you phone up and you get the duty officer and it goes in a book. They have to log it. And then it's passed on to the different programmes who can read about what you're saying. So if you don't like something, you phone up, you ask to speak to the duty officer. Damon says, I'd like to make an official complaint about so-and-so, so-and-so. And it goes into their log and then they pass it around. So that's what happens. Do you remember, says Jas, uh, Arctic Roll? Pff, do I remember Arctic Roll? You can still buy it. We still buy Arctic Roll, as far as I know. It's quite nice. That, that was the combination of sponge and ice cream. That was our big treat at school years and years ago. Big treat. If it was your birthday, your parents sent a pound down. A pound. You can tell how, how old things are. When you watch old editions of Only Fools and Horses, and they're talking about a cooked breakfast for three and eleven pence, you suddenly realise how things have, have moved on. Talking of moving on, I don't think I've ever seen so much coverage in the Daily Mail... Of, uh, of a royal baby. It's the baby. 17 pages they've got. 17 pages. So if you're a fan uh, of them, and I'm sure you are, you get the free souvenir pullout, which is lovely. Front of the Express today, you get... Um, it seems to be the same picture of the baby. I don't know how many cameras there were down there. I'm, I'm really not sure whether it's a free-for-all or whether it's only official. Uh, Greece ready to leave the Euro after day of chaos. 102 degrees Fahrenheit, they've said. 102 degrees Fahrenheit. Experts predict Britain will get hottest summer ever. Ugh. Ghastly. Ghastly. Uh, Charlotte's big day. Cheeky George gets in on the act. That's the Express today. And they've got a, a special royal christening souvenir. See, I'd rather see a picture of inside the little church, wouldn't you? I don't want to see a picture of them standing outside. How boring's that? Let's see them inside the church. Uh, the Sun this morning. They've also got uh, a christening special. You know, the truth of the matter is they've got nothing else to write about at the moment, so they've got to go for a christening special. Oh, it's very nice. Everybody looks lovely. So they should. Uh, Greek bum time. Turmoil as voters reject bailout deal. That's on the front page of The Sun this morning. Holidays from £9.50. They don't exactly tell you where the uh, holidays are. A lot of people talk about... Do you know, I, I keep seeing in London... I don't know if it's just me. Perhaps I'm, I seem to be sort of tuned into these things. I, I keep seeing foxes in daylight hours. Literally, there was one walking into Leicester Square the other day. In daylight. In broad daylight. Unbelievable. Song for Jenny last night. Incredible, moving, brilliant acting. Thank you very much indeed. We like to, uh, we like to know when you, uh, when you appreciate things. I hope you all heard the, uh, the big uh, Black Cab debate. It's on the LBC website. You can uh, download that. Listening to you talking about Bertice Redding. Says Sylvia, uh, I live in Glastonbury. Oh, Lord. Uh, many years ago, it was just before Christmas, I was browsing one of the usual Glastonbury alternative shops. And who should walk in but Bertice? I had a long chat with her, lovely, and turned out... Uh, what would have been our usual boring Christmas, into a delight. To make things even better, she had her very handsome young husband with her. She was a breath of fresh air. Yes, she was. She was carrying a lot of weight, though, and that was the uh, the problem. I remember we uh, we used to have a um, an autograph book. I don't know why we still don't have one, actually, because the amount of celebrities that we get through for the In Conversation, plus all the other programmes, we should have something and then get them framed up. Because I've got uh, the LBC autograph books going back a few years, and every time somebody died, we used to write in brackets, Deceased. And I remember Bertice, because I went out for, for dinner with her. You're right, she had a very, very handsome, very young husband. I don't know what ever happened to him. I really don't know, but she was lovely. She was lovely. Uh, you can buy gluten-free ice cream, Steve. Here we go. I've seen it in my local Tesco supermarket, and I've checked the ingredient of a well-known ice cream brand in my freezer, and it does contain wheat fibre. Most of them contain seaweed, don't they? 
Seaweed is the binding ingredient in uh, in ice cream. It just goes to show what is in anything we eat. Oh, that's an, I gave up years ago. When I first got diagnosed diabetic, they said, you know, you're looking under 10% fat. So every time I picked up an item, I'd go, oh, can't eat that either. Have a look at this one. No, can't eat that one either. It became quite a nightmare. Now I'm, I'm actually very, very good for it. Hubby is uh, diabetic. I chop banana and freeze. When he wants ice cream... I take out some frozen banana chunk and blitz in a food processor. The result tastes like thick, creamy banana ice cream. But um, as the only ingredient is bananas, it's... I didn't think we were supposed to eat bananas that often. It's funny, everybody's got different uh, conflicting um, things. When are you going to tweet your pictures of the Tommy Bahama shirts? Uh, I, must, I was wearing one yesterday, actually. I should have, should have got the producer to take a picture of it. Look particularly good in it, actually. And they do hang well. I feel like literally taking a flight to America and just going over there to the ne- wherever the nearest Tommy Bahamas shirt shop is. What if they sell them in Selfridges? Do you think they sell in Selfridges? I don't know. Perhaps I should phone Selfridges up and say, have you got any Tommy Bahamas shirts or Harrods? I wonder how much they'd be in there. Probably quite expensive. Front page of the uh, Mirror today. A lotter. Royal Tears. George was having a bit of a mare of a day yesterday. But then it's, you know, probably the heat and sort of going to church. You've got to be quiet. You want to run around playing and throwing things at servants and everything else. Lightning storm kills two. Pair die in violent deluge as the UK warned hottest ever weather on the way. I shall be hibernating inside the fridge. There's no chance of coming outside of it. Metro this morning. Lovely picture on the front, actually. It's an advert, so I won't tell you who it's for. But it's two kids eating watermelon. I adore watermelon. And I'm not sure if that's any good for me either. Perhaps I should go and try watermelon at some point today. Oh, dear me. We do our best. Uh, the Times. Europe faces crisis after gambling. Greeks say no. Osborne. BBC must curb online ambitions. Uh, gangsters protection. Apparently, this is the story for The Times today. John Palmer, the murdered timeshare fraudster known as Goldfinger, was protected by... A cadre of corrupt police officers after he infiltrated Scotland Yard. Good Lord, how many are there? Uh, Telegraph today, Keris Matthews, my daughter is more worldly than me. And a uh, lovely picture of the christening. Uh, Europe in turmoil, say the Telegraph, as Greece, Greece nears exit. And cut top rate tax to 40 pence, says Boris. What a lovely idea. Uh, finally, the independent Greek no plunges Europe into crisis. Night of huge celebrations as the voters decisively back the stance of the Prime Minister. Uh, Merkel and uh, Hollande meet in Paris today with the emergency summit of Eurozone leaders due tomorrow. And of course we'll have more leakage, no doubt, of the budget, which is on Wednesday and will be covered on LBC. Sheila, Sheila Fogarty will be doing that. And that's just about it for this morning. So I think we I think we just about sorted everything out. We seem to sort out Alicia Dixon. But uh, nobody liked her renditioning of God Save Our Grisky. They didn't like that at all. And uh, Bryn and Annie celebrating their 58th wedding anniversary over in France. And uh, hopefully not sort of suffering too much in the heat. But uh, with the family over there and the knees playing up on the back and everything. Oh, it's a nightmare, isn't it? It really is. And I never got round to Errol Flynn's love letters, which, um, which only fetched £1,000. I thought they'd make more money than that. I thought Errol Flynn... Only £1,000. I could have almost afforded them myself if they'd done easy payments. Uh, we didn't actually get round too much to the All England Club souvenirs made in China. But there again, I suspect you'll probably find loads of souvenirs from top places. Um, are probably made abroad. We didn't really dwell on the women who spend five months picking an outfit. I mean, by that time, you could have changed size, couldn't you? What's the point of picking things like that out? And uh, Cara Delevingne, who proudly tells us, I never hid my sexuality. Nope. 
You certainly didn't. Have yourself a, a very nice day. You can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you like by downloading the LBC app. And if you missed any of today's show, there's the LBC podcast app available on iPhones and now Android phones as well. At seven o'clock this morning, it's Ian Dale sitting in for Nick Ferrari. I bet he's bought fruit in. I shall have a stern word with him in a, in a moment. I'll have a free podcast for you up in about 15 minutes, and I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30 for the 4am spike. Next, the morning news with Sarah-Jane Mead.